Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do declare, here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbles. After meeting with Nario at Nario's New Magic, Gary discovers that Goron has been purchasing something called Nario's Dick Drunk Decoction, which has a strong effect on the people around the user. He theorizes that Anna is no longer making her own decisions and decides to head to the school to see how the children feel about both Goron and Silvio. Seeing how much they miss their dad, Gary feels compelled to follow through with the case. They then head to Wings and Things for some hot wings and spicy things before continuing on to their meeting with Judge Felina Boscar. I do declare, your honor is back. In and he opens the door and you see the door leads into like it's just an office like there's a big desk and you see the judge is behind it the judge is a cat folk, and they are in this black tactical kind of clothing, like a jumpsuit made out of sturdy cloth, and they're wearing a black hooded cape. So the hood is down, but it, it drops down to like this really nice cape, and they're in a chair. They are a snow leopard cat folk, so they have like this kind of white and gray coloration, very buff. And then sitting on the other side of the desk, there are two chairs. And in one of them, you see Goron. And the judge goes, Welcome. Come on in. And Goron turns around and he goes, What is this? Ray, what are you doing here? I went from vampire attorney to actual attorney. Wait, what the fuck, man? You said we were going to settle this one-on-one. Easy, easy. Please. Silvio. Have a seat. As he goes to sit down, you just see he smiles like Goron. He goes, I have you now, fucker. <laughs> the judge, Mayor Boscar, gets up and kind of goes, My apologies. We are new to the whole uh, courtroom experiment type thing. I was expecting less of an audience. And she goes outside of her office, grabs some chairs, and brings them in for you, Angelina, and Jeremiah. Please sit down. Your names? <clears throat> Ray G. Globamy. 
Angelina Globamy Esquire. Chair my assistant. Very well. Welcome, Globamies. Are we ready to begin? Yes, we are. Okay. So, we are gathered here today to settle the dispute between Mr. Nyadev and Mr. Winterswarm over the Nyadev farm estate. Correct? Sylvia looks over at you. Um, yeah, we are also prosecuting the other party. I beg your pardon? We have evidence to suggest that, um, the other party has illegally forced someone against their will to do certain things. This is bullshit! What the fuck, bro? I let you into my house, and now you come with this? You are going to prosecute me? This is case against Silvio, not against me. We'll see about that. This is unprecedented, but it is what makes being mayor judge so entertaining. <laughs> Mr. Nyadev, you have elected the Globamis to represent you, correct? That is correct. Mr. Winterswan, you have elected to represent yourself? I suppose I'm the only man of my word here, but... Yes, Your Honor. Fuck. That's not true. He just glares at you. That He has like three piercings on his nostrils. Yeah. He breathes so heavily that they like flare out and you hear them like jangle. <laughs> Very well. Both parties are both defending and prosecuting at this point, so... <laughs> Mr. Winterswarm, your opening statements. Well, Your Honor... I feel for Mr. Nyadev. I really do. I understand his predicament. But in the eyes of the court, we have to uphold rules that make common sense. We must protect the rights of the common man. Mr. Nyadev abandoned his estate. Regardless of motive, he left his wife and children with no notice and in a total scramble to provide for themselves. Whatever life had in store for Mr. Nyadev, I am glad to see he has weathered it, and I wish him nothing but the best, but this is ridiculous. He abandoned his estate, and now Anna has rightfully and legally shared that estate with me. Regardless of however emotionally wounded Mr. Nyadev may feel, I am simply doing my best to provide for my family. No harm has been done here, and this countercharge is absolutely ridiculous. His family? They're not your family. Yeah, we'll see about that. Very well. A convincing case, Mr. Winterswarm. Mr. Nyadev, your opening defense? He looks at you. Well, yes, Your Honor. Convincing, perhaps. Who doesn't enjoy a bit of fiction? It can be quite convincing. However, I am here to uh, reveal what has truly taken place here in uh, our otherwise humble town. Perhaps I uh, should start from the beginning with uh, Silvio here creating his own farm and family. It has been believed that Silvio ran away from this family and farm and is now coming back to take what he believes is rightfully his. The truth of the matter is that Mr. Silvio was captured 
by vampires. He has been a vampire thrall for the past year, unable to escape the command of the vampires that live on the outskirts of town. After a year, Mr. Sylvia was able to create his daring escape. He had concocted a plan and it succeeded. He has returned now to what he was believing to be his loving wife and loving children. And while the children do love him, the wife appears to not be. As you hit appears so hard, you see the judge raises their eyebrows and goes, mm, like they're the <laughs> drama, they're, they're intrigued. But uh, there is a reason for that too. Well, yes, legally, as far as the farm shore, it could. You, I could see it belonging to Goron because, well, technically, Mr. Silvio here was dead and is undead now. And uh, we don't really have rules for afterlife takes backseat, takes these backseats. But Miss uh, Anne over there is, uh, well, she is not exactly under legal consent for what has been happening here. You see, Mr. Uh, Goron here likes to uh, partake in the town's uh, darker side and uh, has ventured onto the alchemist shop. Goron starts sweating. And uh, the alchemist shop sells you many potions. You know, there's potions to grow your hair, potions to grow your size, and potions to grow someone's love for somebody. I advise you, Your Honor, to stay as far away from Mr. Goran as possible because he is using this. And I pulled out the Dr. Dickhead's uh, dick <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Dr. Dickhead's dick stuff. Beautiful. <laughs> so the way this works is you apply it to your body and it gives off a scent. And that scent will make people like you a lot. And Mr. Goron here has, without consent, used this pheromone to attract Miss Anna. And under the influence of this potion, she has fallen head over heels for him. Again, I cannot stress enough without her consent. However, this has caused her memory to fade of her past husband. But this act, my point is this act is unlawful. Now we have a man trying to retrieve the farm he built and the family that truly loves him. So you see the complications, your honor. The judge wipes a tear away from their eye. <laughs> Roll for opening statements, plus three. Oof. Natural 20 plus three. Okay, well, Goron rolled dog shit. So <laughs> you see the judge goes, hmm, that is rather damning uh, way to open the case. <laughs> and Goron goes, this is bullshit. This all lies. I don't know what you are talking about. Once again, your honor, I advise you to stay away for your judgment may be swayed by this concoction. I don't know. Perhaps we should have a witness, the man himself, who created the potion to explain what I am saying is true. The judge uh, kind of like scoots back away <laughs> from the desk and goes... I cannot believe this. I was so charmed by you, Mr. Goran. 
that you would stoop to such low levels is very disappointing. However, I will give you a chance to defend yourself. Why don't we begin with your points? Very well, I see I'm going to be slandered in this court today. So uh, let's make it nice and simple, yes? Please, Mr. Ray, you are the one talking about, uh, you know, against consent, uh, telling about the lies and all of this. Even though you lied to me today to come into my house, that's fine, okay, don't worry, that's fine, we're friends, it's okay. So tell me, Mr. Ray, how, how long would you say something belonged to you? How long does... If you buy something, how long do you say it belonged to you? Um, until I decide to sell it or get rid of it. Okay, and if you never get sell it or get rid of it? For the rest of your life, right? Sure. Okay. Your Honor, Silvio died. He said it. Uh, he said it to my wife. He said it to everybody. He's always crying about how he died, like a little bitch baby. So, his natural term for possession of an item has expired. Whatever he owned in his life, it passed on to the next person after he died, right? Is that, that is traditionally what happened, am I right? Mr. Ray, am I right? It passes on to the spouse. Yes, okay, perfect. Thank you so much for the point. Okay, it passes on to the spouse. His farm, his possessions, everything pass on to his spouse, Anna, right? After he die, Anna become my wife. We share our things, they all become together. So right now, that farm belonged to Anna and belonged to me, not to Mr. Silvio. I agree. Okay. However, the means of which you've obtained the farm is where there are complications. And the way you've obtained Anna, there are legal complications. I have no idea what you're talking about. Please, continue, Mr. Ray. Well, the problem is, one can tell simply by smelling Mr. Uh, Goron here, and then backing off a bit because you will be influenced, and then smell this potion here, and you'll find out they create the same effect. I suppose a smell test could be provisioned. Mr. Goran does have a very recognizable scent. <laughs> Careful, Your Honor. Okay, okay, okay. They back off and they grab like a cup of coffee and sniff the coffee to like clear their <laughs> nose and they go, Please, present to me the item. Mr. Ray will walk up and uh, bring the item to the judge. Okay. They take the top off, they smell it, they go, My goodness. My goodness! They throw the tube across the room. Oh my god! <laughs> my tube! <laughs> I am betrayed. Plus one to the defense slash prosecution. <laughs> That's uh, oh, it's bullshit! Everybody used that! They use it for cream for warts! It does not say anything on that tube about what it's for. And then Angelina gets down and picks up the tube and says, <clears throat> Nerio's thick drunk decoction, used to increase feelings of love and likability, becomes stronger with repeated uses. And then it's a pretty long list of side effects, Yorana. I don't know if you want me to read all of them. No, that is enough. Okay, whatever. It's not illegal, you sell it in the shop, so... What's your point? The problem, I, well, that is a problem if that's illegal. <laughs> and uh, maybe, Your Honor, there is a time to make a law against uh, 
this potion. I suppose I am the mayor. And she begins <laughs> writing down something on a sticky pad. Okay, well, regardless of my personal relationships and how I go about them, we'll... You cannot apply that because then that means that we are both in the wrong here, right? I take unconventional means uh, sometimes to uh, help other people fall in love. Then uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Niedev, he take unconventional means to come back to life. How is any different? Well, he came back to life not of his choice, which is why we should arrest the vampires who did it to him. Ah, okay, perfect, perfect. Listen, so he come back, it's not his choice, right? Right. Who bring him back to life? The vampires who should be prosecuted. Okay, and what happened when he come back to life? You know what happened to a vampire thrall? What? You told me earlier today, you said, right? He Sometimes they are not in control of their own actions, right? As a vampire, right. Right. So, who is to say he is in control now and not just a lifeless puppet for another master? <laughs> huh? What means do we have to prove that he is in control? He could be danger to Anna, he could be danger to Trixie, to Harry, even the entire town. Okay? We don't know anything about him. This could not, it's maybe not even a, a the Silvio that we knew before. Well, Your Honor, how much do you know about vampires and their thralls? Uh, I know the basics. Mr. Silvio here was able to drink the blood of a vampire to release the previous vampire's hold on him. Do you have proof? I don't know how we could prove that other than asking him to do, you know, show, showing his capability of free will. Anything you ask. Okay, how do we know that it's his free will? What if he's just being allowed to do whatever he says he's going to do? I guess the only way is to capture the vampires who have done this to him. And where are they now? They are on the outskirts of town. Do you know that for fact? No, we do not. You see the judge makes a note in her pad. <laughs> how can we prove that you are no longer under their control? I, I really don't know. And, uh, Ed and Fred, they, they travel along the coast all the time. And I mean, last time I saw them, they were at the monastery. But, you know, it, it's it hasn't been terribly long. They might still be out there. It's about a day and a half away. I don't know how we can prove this. Well, it appears to me the only way we can prove that Mr. Silvio here is under his own free will. Can a vampire thrall make thralls? Hmm. I don't... I don't think so. Ah, then we do have a way out. Your Honor, a vampire thrall is unable to create a thrall. Therefore, if Mr. Silvio can make a thrall and then allow the thrall to drink his blood to release themselves, we can prove that uh, Mr. Silvio is free of the... Yes, I understand that, but who here would be willing to be afflicted with vampirism? Well, that would be me, Your Honor. Well, Ray, Ray, this is a little extreme. Yeah, but look at me. I'm undead, too. Are you sure? Yeah. It'll be fine. Ray, it's it's going... I'd have to kill you and bury you and wait until you rise the next day. Oh, it's not like you can't do this now kind of thing. No. 
It sounds to me like uh, there's a little wishy-washy over there. We can do it. It's going to take a while. The point is taken. We can strike this whole argument from the record until proof is shown one way or the other. Very well. They make a note on their notepad. Okay. Mr. Winterswarm, Mr. Nyadev, anything else to add? Look, all I'm going to say is very simple. As a father, you have responsibilities. He abandoned those for nearly a year. I don't care why or how it happened. Objection, Your Honor. He did not abandon. He was unable, against his will, taken from his family. He was unable to provide for his family, and that is a responsibility regardless of the circumstance. Okay? No one expects you to provide for your family when you're dead. His family? Yes, but he is not dead. He's here right now. Ah, but you said he's dead, and I said he's dead. Well... Because if he's not dead, it belongs to him, doesn't it? Okay, he's dead. Yes, he's dead, but he is walking, and now he's trying to lay claim to his land. If he lays claim to his land, then he also has to lay claim to the responsibilities that were ignored for nearly a year. His family would have starved. That is starting to sound like negligence and child endangerment to me. Child endangerment is keeping someone from their children, which you two have been doing since he got back. Because he is a monster! Your Honor, does this man look like a monster to you? A civilized man who has come here to figure things out in a civilized manner? Plus one. Goron is doing his best to maintain his cool, but he is getting, like, really pissed off as this is, like, clearly not going as well as he anticipated. He's gripping the armrest really hard and kind of he's beginning to tear into the leather. And he just goes, okay. From my point of view, as as the person who has been caring for his family and maintaining the farm for the last year, who has gotten it to the state it is in now, I think that not only does... Mr. Nyadev not have a claim to the farm because he had no hand in the last near year of maintenance. In, at worst, he owes reparations for the time he was gone to his family. He owes child support. <laughs> I disagree with the reparations thing. I would agree with you that the farm and family are yours were it not for the fact that you have tricked the wife into becoming yours. Through... Magical means. You know what? I rest my case. I rest. I rest. Okay. You cannot expect reparations from a dead man, Your Honor. Fair point. Mr. Nyadev. Slash team. Anything else to add? We've got uh, husband and wife keeping the father from the kids. Uh, We've got this cologne that forces people to do things against their will. Uh, yeah, I think we got it all figured out. Fair point. Roll plus two. Is it safe to assume I... Is there a jury? There is no jury. This is a... Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a settlement with uh, just the... Okay. Uh, 17. The judge goes, This case is more complicated than I initially expected. Please, both parties... Let's hear your closing statements. Make it a good one. Mr. Nyadev, would you like to begin? I suppose. Not much left to say. Here's what I do agree with. Mr. Silvio has died. The farm goes to 
the wife. Normally, I would agree that if Anna, here, Miss Anna, found love with uh, Goron here under normal circumstances and she willingly gave up the farm to share with him, then yeah, it's theirs. However, not only has Goron used a magical potion to force her to do things against her will uh, to obtain this land that was hers, he has also prevented Mr. Silvio here from seeing the kids who are truly his kids, and they do love him very dearly, and he loves them very dearly. I don't see a reason why Mr. Goran has decided to do that, um, and I just wanted to make it clear that Mr. Silvio here did not run away from his family. He was kidnapped against his will from his family, and uh, is broken free. And just wants to be with them again. Very well. Mr. Goran. <sighs> He's like breathing. He's You could tell this guy probably has taken some meditation classes at some point because <laughs> he's like, he's there trying to zen out and he goes, In closing, your honor, I think it's clear that Mr. Niadev has surrendered the rights to the Niadev farm estate on multiple fronts. His lifetime ownership abandonment of land and negligence for his family not to mention we are not sure that the Mr. Niedev before us now is the same Mr. Niedev we once knew he is in fact very changed at best this is reckless behavior and abandonment at worst this is child endangerment and negligence. Perhaps even conspiracy and fraud by some other masters. We cannot allow this injustice to be upheld by this court. I rest my case. Roll plus two. 17 again. Your Honor, if need be, I would like to take the extreme measures to prove that Mr. Silvio is acting within his own free will. You see the judge kind of leans back in a chair and goes, This is rather complicated. And I am having difficulty making up my mind. I do not think it is appropriate to reach a decision at this time. Perhaps we can bring this case before a proper jury. Mr. Ray, what do you know? of the effects of this supposed uh, concoction that you allege Mr. Goran has been taking. It is applied anywhere on the body, and it is so that the uh, user can get the surrounding entities in the area that get a whiff to like uh, the user. It charms other people to enjoy the user's presence, and uh, typically it's I mean, as the name suggests, you know, is, is used to get uh, uh, romantic partners. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very well. <clears throat> How long does this effect last? That's what I was going to get to. So the more you wear it, the longer you wear it, the stronger the effects are. So there is no antidote. The only way is to stop exposing the party to um, the concoction that it, we have to simply wait for it to wear off and 
you will have your sober, uncontrolled mind, I suppose. It seems to me that the two main questions are the legitimacy of Mr. Goran's claim, particularly in regards to uh, Mrs. Winterswan, and the free will of Mr. Nyadev. I am proposing a public court date one month from now. During this time, we are going to put a restraining order on both Mr. Goran and Mr. Silvio to allow Anna time to return to her right mind. At which point, we may ask her how she truly feels to reflect her version of the story and it will give Mr. Silvio time to prove his free will. I don't see anything wrong with that. And so it shall be. We will reconvene on the 4th of spring. You see, Goron is fucking fuming. And he looks at you. He looks at Silvio. He looks at the judge. You don't even need an insight check for this. You feel like he is two seconds away from beating the shit out of any of you. And he, like, gets up and, like, flings the chair back really violently. It clatters against the wall knocks, like, a painting off. And he just storms out of the room like an angry bull. Please, forgive his behavior, Mr. Nyadev. I am sorry to hear of the plights you have gone through. I hope that whatever decision we reach, you will find true justice. Thank you very much, Your Honor. Are we free to go? Yes. Thank you. Your Honor. Mr. Ray, shall we? We shall. And you walk out of the court. Or the office, I guess. We're halfway there. This, this is the Halftime Ad. With Nikki P. Well, well, well. Here we are again. Twenty years on the job, never have I ever had a case like this. Valentine's Day is officially over. Nikki B is nowhere to be found. The world still mourns his absence. But Nikki P is on the case. But will I be able to find him? That's the question. With all his ninja training, Nikki B will be hard to track, that's for certain. And I'm gonna have to be a crafty detective in order to find him. Real crafty. How could he possibly become crafty enough to outcraft Nikki B? Everyone knows he's a lovable, crafty scamp. Maybe, just maybe, today's sponsor could help him out. Our crafty rogue friends, yes. That's exactly what I'm gonna need. A crafty rogue spell book. Everyone, I need you to go to etsy.com slash shop slash the crafty rogue shop and use code Drimbus to get 10% off. That's how we're gonna crack this case. That's how we're gonna find Nikki B. Hold on a moment. A knock at the door. What's this? Nikki B just dropped off a notebook. 
What a clever little scamp. What does it say inside here? Ah, I see. He has a lot of friends he wants to thank. A thank you to Jerry Benetados, Queso Loco, Greta and Binette, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Regina Russell, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD, NB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Danny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodall, Callie Wolf, Brandon M. Bishop, Bridge, Twiglets, Joanna, Westberger, Stan Sitzman, Scrambles the Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Messnard, Ruth Thanatos, Morgan Lawson, Olivia Hill, Wilhelm Fuchs, Trip, Carrie Holmes, and Stoner Panda. Well, well, well. Seems like Nikki B has a lot of friends trying to cover his trail. Well, don't worry. This is Nikki P here to crack the case. I'm terribly sorry that we did not reach a clear-cut decision today. Not yet, but, uh, you know, once we hit the date, it's all gonna fall into place. I, I don't want to subject you to vampirism. Well. But I realize that perhaps my, uh, my friend, Domin, I don't know what became of him at the monastery. He got caught in a fight. You think he's still a thrall? He was freed, but I don't know if he's been recaptured, or... I, I, I truly don't know, but I could allow him or, or, or any of the others. It, it wasn't just the two of us. Anyone from Ed and Fred's gang to drink from me, anyone that's still a thrall. And we can perhaps prove uh, my free will. Sure, but then how do you prove the thrall is a thrall and, you know, people see it right in front of their eyes... Well, maybe the first place to start would be to check the monastery again. Right. I do have a whole season. You were going there. For what reason? Well, one, because of your case. But also, looking for that, uh, Meryl. Oh, well, things did not look pretty when I last fled, but if you wouldn't mind bringing me along, I'd be happy to be of assistance in any way I can. I just, I still don't know how exactly you proved that a thrall that you took from somewhere no one saw is a thrall. Perhaps we bring more witnesses. The next trial is meant to be in front of a, a proper jury. Does my uh, pack that I'm running with count? The three of you? There's, uh, there's more of us. Really? Uh, we're uh, bringing the food, yeah. Well, I suppose you're the law expert, but I don't see why it wouldn't. Alternatively... Maybe we find one of Ed and Fred's thralls, restrain them somehow? Yeah, if we... yeah, 
We can do that. But it's not... I'm willing to do it. I... I know your story. I was just... Lucky enough that a minotaur didn't come and charm my wife and take them away from me. Mm. I've lived that. Like I said, I've already died. I... I'm willing to prove that. I appreciate that, but I've never turned a thrall either, and I would be afraid to leave your family without without you. How, how about we save it as a as a last ditch effort? Yes. Okay, we'll move that up to Plan B, and Plan C will be turning the Minotaur into your thrall. <laughs> huh? Not Maybe for the court. Yes. Just yes, yes. Fair, fair enough. That way. No one can screw you, and you're gonna win no matter what. Yes. I suppose it'll be a little longer before I can see my children again, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. Very well. Do you... How are you all traveling? Well, we were taking this wagon. Mm, The wagon is, um... Broken. The axle broke. Oh, shit. Is that why you needed the money? To fix the wagon. Well, I'm no mechanic, and I don't have much money. Not right now. I I will still pay you when we finish the case. But, if you wouldn't mind being on the wrong side of the law, I know there is a carriage in my stable. In a month's time, that carriage will belong to me legally anyways. My people will have to... Sit in the wilderness for quite a while, though. No, that's why I'm offering. I mean, plan B. Take it now, and later it becomes yours anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Not gonna lie to you, I was very interested in the uh, extermination one that was above your pamphlet. Uh, You're welcome to go do that. I'm so sorry to have wasted your time. If you would rather go do that, please. No, I mean, we're, we're gonna do that, but let's... Might as well make some good money, you know. Sure. <laughs> Why don't I do this extermination thing? Shouldn't take long, right? And then I'll uh, get that carriage with you. Sure. It'll be nighttime by then. It'll be easier to sneak. Yeah, it's like mid-afternoon right now. So he goes, how about this? They're putting a restraining order on Goran, so he shouldn't be home. I doubt they're using the carriage for anything. Why don't I go get it, and I'll meet you on the other side of town, on your walk back. You go handle this extermination, we meet up, pick up your people, and head to the monastery. Yeah, if you can handle that, yeah. Sure. You cannot get caught. I won't. And if you need to wait for the Veil of Darkness, helps you get around more unseen. So. Sure, sure. But yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Okay, so... I'll see you soon, Ray. Angelina, Jeremiah, do you want to stay with Ray? Do you want to ride with me? Uh, don't just wait with me outside. It's just a yeah, house. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And at this point, Strong walks up. Oh, shit. And you see his leg has been bandaged. And he goes, There you are. I've been looking for you everywhere. Hey. How's your leg? Still a little rough, but properly bandaged. They gave me a... Some wrappings to bring with me so I can change it out a little more frequently. Cool, cool. We, um, 
just helped a vampire out with his uh situation with his family and his farm. Uh gonna come back in a month for the hearing. Right. Did you get paid? No. Um oh. in a month I can. In the meantime, I was gonna handle that extermination problem. Sure. I don't see why not. Damn, I wish you could take this disc with the dead polar bear on it, but, uh... If it's just the baby, I could probably fly it over to wherever we're heading. Oh, yeah, you can fly it home, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, take it back to our guys that, uh, a vampire is gonna stick around with us. He's gonna go get his wagon from his farm. And uh, we'll use that to get to where we need to go. Great. All right, I'll fly it back, see if I can't get dinner started. That way, by the time you get back, we can uh, head on. Hopefully, they've kept the bonfire going. Here's hoping. Becca's pretty good about that. All right. Squaw! He transforms and grabs <laughs> the, the baby bear. Squaw! Daddy, are we gonna do a extermination? Uh, daddy's gonna do extermination. You just wait outside that house with mommy. Okay. And so you remember the sign said, Exterminator wanted, pest has taken residence in my greenhouse, pay 50 gold pieces, speak to Morella. Morella. And he goes, oh, uh, if you're going to do that, Mirella, you want to go speak to Mirella first. You can usually find her at her home. It's actually not far from my farm. It's uh, the very tall one. It has a very pretty uh, uh, fence around it. Very colorful. Oh, okay. Guess I'm walking with you. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) He walks with you, and then as you guys kind of get to a certain crossroads in the town, he goes, okay, you're just going to go down there. Uh, That house over there, and he points to this. uh, It's one of the few, like, two-story houses that you see here. The wood is all, like, painted white. And he says, and I'm going to head that way, so good luck. You too. Sil, see you later. All right. And uh, he walks away, and you head on over to Morella Firth's residence. All right. I'm going to talk to this uh, Morella here. I'm sure she'll let you guys stay inside if she's nice. I hope so. Uh, My feet are killing me. Being a girl boss really takes it out of you, you know? Oh, put in it worth it. I'm going to go to the door and knock. You go to the door and uh, you knock and you hear a little bit of movement inside and then finally the door opens and you see an orange kobold in a nice little uh, jean overalls with like a flowery blouse under it. And she goes, hello. Hello, ma'am. Hi. uh, How can I help you? I read your pamphlet. Uh, Oh, you're here for the extermination? Yes, ma'am. Marvelous. Hello. Uh... And she finishes swinging the door all the way open. She goes, my name is Mirella Firth. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure. Uh, well, sorry, I've, I've never uh, had to hire someone like this. Um, so you see, my greenhouse just out back, there's a little pest that's uh, taken up residence there. And, uh, well, I don't have the stomach to do that kind of thing, so... Are we talking one pest or uh, multiple? Uh, just one pest. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, take care of that for you for the, you know, promised, uh... Fifty gold, eh? 
Sounds good to me. Okay. I'll, I'll warn you, um, it's chatty. It talks? Yes. Um, it's not your husband, is it? Oh, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I took care of him a long time ago. <sighs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, I hope you're not asking me to do something illegal. No, it's. I definitely don't think it's illegal. It's just the past. Very well. I'll uh, take a look and uh, let you know when I've taken care of it or not. Very well. Sorry. Hi, you are. Hi, I'm Angelina. This is Jeremiah. Hi. Yeah. Uh, that's that's my family. Um, we're traveling exterminators. Uh, is it okay, though, if they sit this one out and I take oh, care ab- of it? Absolutely, yes. Well, would you all like a cup of tea? Oh, that'd be rather nice, actually, yeah. All right, I'll start the pot, and uh, we'll, uh, Mr. Ray, if you want anything, I'll, uh, you can have some when you get back. Should be rather quick. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, and she she lets you into her home, and you see there's, like, those French doors that have, like, glass panes on them so you can see, and you see there's a little walkway out to the back, and then you see a greenhouse. All right, I'm going to the greenhouse. Okay. You go to the greenhouse, and you open it, and it is really warm in here, especially compared to, like, the cold, snowy winter outside. Uh, and there are lots of greens growing everywhere. All manner of plants and flowers. It smells delicious. And the moment you enter, you hear a... Doctor therapist? (laughs) And then floating in the middle of the greenhouse... Oh my god. You hear uh, the crying going on, and as you kind of walk your way through all the plants, you see this round, tentacly, jellyfish-like thing, and it is... Blue. It is an icy blue and white. It looks a lot like the flump that you remember seeing at Rabbit yeah. Cove. And it is just sobbing, going, you hear the crying in your mind. Uh, excuse me. Have we met before? No. May I ask what's wrong? I have no hope. <laughs> oh. Well, why? The world is so full of evil thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, you didn't know that? I just want everyone to be good. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I have no hope. What? What are you doing here? I am waiting for someone to give me hope, <laughs> or I will die trying. <laughs> but why specifically here? In this greenhouse. Because it had good vibes. <laughs> oh, the world's full of bad thoughts. Yes. Why? Why do you 
say that. I feel it. Oh. Us slums, we feed on the energy. Oh. So much suffering. No one willing to help each other. Yeah, it's, um, pretty bad. You're really bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, though? That's your only problem? Yes. Well, I've wandered the world looking for good vibes, but I find so much disappointment. <laughs> but why do you care about people having good or bad thoughts? How could I know? <laughs> well, why would... Why would you care what they think? Because it's how I feed. Oh, you feed on them. The more bad thoughts I eat, the worse I feel. Oh, so if I just think good thoughts, will that help? Yes, but your soul seems sad. Oh, but... But it's my thoughts that matter, right? No, it's like your whole vibe, man. Oh. Well, I'm feeling pretty good lately. I've been helping my family get to a good place. I helped this. What's nice? Yeah, I helped this guy win. Well, most likely win his case that he's got going on. You know, I'm helping people. My son, proud of me. Your son is proud. Yeah. (laughs) So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I got such a great wife, you know, she's really sticking by, like, she's ride, riding with me all the way through all the good and the bad, so. <laughs> May I give you a hug? Does, do those sting? And he points to the tentacles. They can. Oh. Oh, yeah, I trust you. It floats over to you, and it gives you a hug, it, like, wraps its tentacles around you, and they're so cold. <laughs> They are like freezing cold. I never had a cold hug before. (laughs) And he gives you, you feel the hug and he goes, like he's kind of like eating some of your memories. And then he goes, and it's like tentacles flail out. And he goes, there's evil in you. Someone is screaming. Yeah, um, there's another soul inside of me. And he's suffering. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to get him out. So much pain. Why would they do this? (laughs) Well, that's, uh, that's life this good and this bad. Well, you know what make me really happy? What? Uh, if you maybe found yourself a nice home that isn't here. But this is so pretty. Yeah. But it doesn't belong to you, and it's given the person that it does belong to bad thoughts. You mean... Are you making the bad vibes? Yeah. Oh. If you left, vibes will start coming back. Good vibes. I never thought of it that way. This sucks. Well, it'll be better once you find a new place. Alright. Where should I go? Um, 
Are you, where do you people come from? Just everywhere, really. <laughs> we kind of roam around freely. You wanna... Fuck it. You wanna live with me? Really? <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of a family, you know, I'm traveling well, with... Well, really <laughs> Yeah, the spirits are more up around there. Let's do it. Well, all right. Sweet! <laughs> he gives you another very cold hug. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's let's go. All right. He like holds out a tentacle to like hold your hand. <laughs> okay, I hold his hand. It looks like you're holding a balloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna walk him out of the greenhouse <laughs> and into into the big house. Oh, good lord! <laughs> the things in my house. Oh no! Uh, I'm getting rid of it, ma'am. He's coming with me. Unconventional, but okay. Yes, I'm going to go chase my bliss. Right. She's giving me very bad vibes. We're not going to stay here. Well, how do I know it won't come back? I mean, I'm taking it with me. It might escape in the night and come back to my greenhouse. It really likes it there. No. Well, well, um, you get half payment. Oh, I just let him back into your greenhouse. Three quarters payment. Oh, I'm losing my grip here on this. Okay, okay, fine, fine. Thank you. She goes to like another room and comes back with a little pouch of gold. Here you go. Okay. Hey, Chris, can you count this really quick? Yeah, hold up. Yeah, so we're taking, and just like to distract, like, yeah. so we're taking him back. Uh, I'm giving very bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and I start petting uh, the top of it. Like, I pull it down a bit so I can <laughs> yeah. cut the top of it. Daddy, can I keep it? Yeah, we're keeping him, buddy. Uh, excuse me, miss. There's only 49 gold here. <laughs> God damn it. Here. And she gives you one gold piece and she goes, get the fuck out of my house. And the flump turns red. It goes, <laughs> bad vibes, bad vibes, bad I'm going. Vibes. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> as soon as you exit the house, it turns blue again. <laughs> All right. We're just waiting for our ride, and uh, we'll head back. And what do you know, as if by a stroke of, of God's coincidence, you see a full carriage being pulled by only one horse. As Silvio comes up, and he goes, I didn't want to leave them without any horses. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Hop, what is that well, thing? Why, we... well, hello. I'm a frosted flump. Yeah. He's a frosted flake, so he's coming with us and uh Alright, get in. Yeah. We got some horses back there too, so don't worry. What's your name, Mr. Fluff? I'm Don Paddling. Would you like to give me one? Um Daddy, what did you call him? Frosted Flake. You wanna I call like him that Flake? One. Your name is Flake. I like it. I get very good vibes from that word. <laughs> and you guys ride out? After, you know, a couple of minutes ride, you tell Silvio to stop. It takes probably about 30 minutes of lugging to get the polar bear into the back of the cart. But you do so, and then you keep heading down, and you find the rest of your camp. The bonfire is roaring. It is bigger. Like, it has been turned <laughs> into, like, a proper bonfire. The horses are, like, relaxing around. Everyone's there, and Strong sees you, and he goes, Ah, there they are. How did it go, Ray? 
got the money, and now we have a pet. And it starts floating around the camp and like putting its tentacles on people's foreheads, going. Everyone's having a marvelous time. And you see Strong like looks at it, looks back at you, and goes, "What the fuck?" Uh, yeah. Um, that was the extermination job. I really couldn't bring myself to kill him, so he's with us now. Well, all right. Well, everyone's fed. I, I made sure to save all of you some food, too, but uh, we can hitch the horses up and get going whenever you're ready. Sounds good to me. Do you think there's uh, enough room in there for me to rest in there, too? I've been flying a lot, so... Don't see why not. Marvelous. Uh, so what are you thinking? Do you want to head out now or in the morning? Hmm. Actually, yeah. Best to get out of here. Now, this, uh, wagon isn't technically legal yet. Oh. Oh, right. All right, everyone. Pack up. Uh, we're, we're heading out. We can rest on the ride. We'll take shifts as usual. So speaking of, where are we headed now, Ray? Asunder. You said you wanted to head to the monastery, right? That's in the Sunder, right? Yes. Oh, we have these polar bears. We should probably eat them. Yeah. Well, he's already cooked the baby. That's <laughs> what everyone's eating. That's the dinner he's safe for you. And he goes, um, Sylvia, was it? Yes. Why don't you help me uh, carve up the big one? We'll save the steaks. Maybe we can make a little makeshift cooler. And um, Ray, Angelina, Jeremiah, you all eat while uh, the rest of us pack up. And we'll ride out tonight. Yes? Oh, shoot. I forgot to get materials. Materials? Um, Barnabas has uh, an ability. Oh, right. I'm sure we can find something at the next place we're headed to. Okay. To be honest, I've been needing to rest anyway. I'm already feeling much, much better. Thank you again, Ray. Of course. What's more important is that we get you some help, so... Let's get moving as soon as we can. Right. You, Grizabeth, and Calvin all enjoy some dinner, while Becca is very pointedly giving everyone orders on how to most efficiently pack up everything. You are unhitching the horses. They hitch them up to the new wagon. This wagon is pretty big. It is roomier than the other one. You get the feeling it's going to be a very tight fit for everyone to ride in the wagon at once. But you've got four horses, so it's it's going to be a little bit of a strain, but you, you guys are goblins, so it's not a not the biggest deal in the world. And you all eat, and you ride on. You're heading towards the Sunder, right? Yep. Okay. Gary, you may long rest as this ride is going to take probably about a day to a day and a half. But you guys can ride... Almost without interruption, you know, every now and then you guys stop to, like, stretch your legs. But roughly a day and a half or so later, Becca is driving the caravan at this point. And Becca goes, Hey, Ray? Yeah. She beckons you over to the driver's side. Come over here. He'll waddle over there, stretching. Yeah. (laughs) You kind of climb over, like, all the sleeping bodies in the caravan (laughs) and poke out the front. And uh, it is snowing heavily. There's a strong wind, and you feel very chilled, as you are absolutely in the sunder at this point. It's hard to see far ahead through the storm. The horses are covered in some of Barnabas's quilts to keep warm. And she said, uh, So, uh, 
Uh, the, the fellow Silvio, he, uh, he told me it was, uh, Warren's Monastery, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I've been following the signs. I think we're here. Oh, great. You look up and it is just fucking blizzarding. You can barely see anything. <laughs> but through the heavy snow, you can just barely make out an imposing silhouette of a sprawling building. There are sharp, pointed towers jutting out into the bright white sky, like an old, gorgeous cathedral. You also see a swarm flying around, surrounding the building. It's hard to make out the small creatures from this distance, but there are many of them. What's all of that? Well, it looks kind of dangerous. Maybe, uh, should hang back a bit. Maybe. And suddenly, you hear the creak of wood. And Meg's Winnie, <laughs> as a figure steps up onto the cart from the passenger side. You hear their shoes clicking with each step, and Becca goes, Who the hell? As he puts a gloved hand over her mouth. You see a very, very old dwarf with a long braided gray beard and a bear hat atop his shoulder length gray hair as he looks up at you. An eye patch covers his left eye, and he says, Easy now. You don't want to get much closer than this. <laughs> End of session. <laughs> oh my god. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited and sound designed by Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi, we're the narrators of Midst. What's Midst? It's very simple. It's a weird, surrealist, fourth-wall-breaking, reality-bending, science-fantasy space western about a small, doomed planet floating in a cosmic ocean of spooky darkness. Upon whose alien landscape an ensemble cast of characters, including a crotchety outlaw, a freakishly virtuous cultist, and a diabolical businessman, make awful decisions and fight like hell to survive when the moon falls out of the sky and a large number of terrible things happen in rapid succession. It's exciting, it's funny, it's scary. It's got neat sound, weird music, amazing visuals, and every episode comes with bonus content you can read and examine. Midst is performed solely by yours truly as the three of us narrate all the action, play all of the characters, and bend a lot of the rules about how telling stories is normally supposed to work. Midst is pretty fun, very strange, and it feels like VR for your brain. We believe you'll enjoy it, or maybe you won't, but there's really only one way to find out. You're going to have to listen to Midst. 